0: Welcome to the Walk in Truth Weekend Program. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance from Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. It's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people. Remember, you can learn more about Pastor Michael, the church, how to donate, how to contact us, and the podcast available on your favorite podcast app when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael Lance in part three of his teaching in Revelation 15 called Righteous and True.
1: God be honored in his wrath? Can he be praised for his justice? Can he be honored even in judgment? And the angel of God, we believe this is Jesus in the Old Testament, who had been going before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them. The pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them. And so it came between the camp of Egypt and the camp of Israel. And there was the cloud along with the darkness, yet it gave light at night. Thus, the one did not come near the other all night. So, kind of a, a temporary uh, uh, peace, if you will. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord swept the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land, so the waters were divided. And the sons of Israel went through the midst of the sea on the dry land. That's part of the miracle. It was completely dry. And the waters were like a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians took up the pursuit. All of Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, his horsemen went in after them in the midst of the sea. And it came about at the morning watch that the Lord looked down on the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire. Now, remember, in Revelation 15, we saw a sea mixed with what? Fire. Here we see the sea and the fire and a cloud and cloud and brought the army of the Egyptians into confusion. He caused their chariot wheels to swerve. He made them drive with difficulty. So the Egyptians said, let us flee from Israel, for the Lord is fighting for them against the Egyptians. It was obvious that something was happening from a divine hand. And the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may come back over the Egyptians, over their chariots and their horsemen. By the way, in this area, there have been archaeologists who have found chariot wheels under the sea. They cannot move them because they're too brittle with time passing, but they have photographs, underwater photographs of chariot wheels at the bottom of the Red Sea. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? So Moses stretched out his hand, 27, over the sea. The sea returned to its normal state at daybreak while the Egyptians were fleeing right into it. And then the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, even Pharaoh's entire army that had gone into the sea after them. Not even one of them remained. But the sons of Israel walked on dry land through the midst of the sea. The waters were like a wall to them on the right, on their right hand and on their left. And thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore, apparently washing up on the seashore. And when Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord. They believed in the Lord and in his servant, Moses. Now that is a incredible account. But I want you to see what happens on the heels of this account. Then Moses 15, 1, Exodus, the sons of Israel sang this song to the Lord and said, I will sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted The horse and its rider, he is hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, I will praise him. My father's God, I will extol him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord, Yahweh, is his name. He is the existent one. Pharaoh's chariots and his army is cast into the sea. The choices of his officers drowned in the Red Sea, the Sea of Judgment, if you will. The deep covers them. They went down into the depths like a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, is majestic in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. Keep in mind, this is a song. In the greatness of thine excellence, thou dost overthrow those who rise up against thee. Thou dost send forth thy burning anger, and it consumes them as chaff. And at the blast of thy nostrils, the water, waters were piled up. The flowing waters stood up like a heap. The deeps were congealed in the heart of the sea. And the enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My desire shall be gratified against them. I will draw out my sword. My hand shall destroy them. Thou did blow with thy wind. And the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Lord, you put lead shoes on the Egyptian army. Who is like thee among the gods, O Lord? Who is like thee, majestic in holiness, awesome in praises, working wonders? Thou didst stretch out thy right hand, and the earth swallowed them. Now that's a song. And may I submit to you, that's the song of Moses. Now, there are other songs that Moses penned in the book of Deuteronomy that have to do more with warnings to the children of Israel as they're going to enter the promised land. But this, I believe, is the song. You have the Red Sea. Go over to Revelation 15, and we'll have to move much more quickly now, as you can tell, uh, because we've only gotten through a few verses. But here's the song. And it does go on to say, in God's loving kindness, he led his people and redeemed them back in Exodus 15. You can look at more of that later. The song of Moses is sung in Revelation 15, but also the song of the Lamb. Revelation fifteen three. the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. I don't know specifically what that song is, although it might go back, back to Revelation 5. But here's what they say. Great and marvelous are your works, O Lord God, the Almighty. Righteous and true are thy ways, thou King of the nations. They begin to celebrate in much the same way that Israel celebrated the deliverance from the Egyptian army. When we end up in heaven or whoever these specific individuals are who have been delivered from the mark of the beast, the number of his name, etc., when they get to heaven, they're gonna be worshiping God for his great deliverance. We will sing of his love forever, but we also will sing of his justice and his great deliverance his mighty power that rescued us from sin judgment death the devil and so on and they say who will not fear 154 of revelation o lord and glorify your name for thou alone art holy and all the nations will come and worship before thee for thy righteous acts have been revealed you have revealed your righteousness in your judgment and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, And he will be honored in, in that day, and it will be that every knee will bow before the Holy One of Israel. Jeremiah 10:6 says, "There's no one like the Lord, no one like Thee, O Lord. Thou art great and great is thy name and might. Who would not fear thee, O king of the nations? That's Jeremiah 10:6 and seven. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. That's Psalm nineteen nine. Who is like you among the gods? Psalm 86, 7. And so we have all of these powerful um, verses about the justice of God. And after these things, I looked, Revelation 15, 5, and the temple of the tabernacle of testimony in heaven was open. You have an ESV, it says... After this, I looked, and the sanctuary of the tent of witness in heaven was open. Now, I want you to look up at the screen for a second, and let me see if I can get this to go. I think I have it on, guys. Let's see, do I? Can you just go ahead and move it? There you go. All right, so the tabernacle of the testimony is a translation for the tent of witness or the tent of meeting. Now what Moses was instructed to build in the book of Exodus was a, a tent called a tabernacle. And there God would meet with the people of Israel in this tabernacle. You had one entrance. Jesus said, I'm the way the truth and the life and no one, what comes to the father except through me. The first thing that you ran into here was a place for animal sacrifice. You have You have the, the, I think it's the bronze altar here and, uh, in order to approach God, there has to be a sacrifice. Each of these pieces of furniture, by the way, speak of Jesus Christ, but they also speak of the holiness of God. They combine the ideas of God's holiness and justice. In, in other words, God has to be approached the right way, uh, very carefully with sacrifices and cleansing and stuff. But this also, each piece of furniture represents Jesus. So there has to be a sacrifice. Then you have the uh the place for cleansing. Jesus washes us. He cleanses us from every sin. And as you go in, you have the holy place and then the holy of holies. And and go, go to the next slide so we can show the details. So basically, you have the altar of burnt offering here. You're coming through the one entrance. Jesus is the one way. He is the sacrifice that makes us acceptable to God. He cleanses us from all sin. You have a menorah within the holy place. You have to go through a veil here. You have the menorah here, the the lampstand. Jesus is the light of the world. The table of showbread, Jesus is the bread of God, the bread of life. The altar of incense points to his high priestly ministry. It's right outside the veil that separates the holy place from the holy of holies, or the most holy place. The veil was torn when Jesus died, the veil of his flesh, if you will. And then you go in, and what's here? The Ark of the Covenant. Covenant speaks of relationship. And that on the top of the Ark was something called the mercy seat. Jesus is our mercy seat sprinkled with the blood, right? That makes us acceptable to God. Within the chest um, that they uh, they had here, I think my pointer's gone. They had the Ten Commandments within that chest at some point in their history. But the mercy seat covers it. Now, if you look at what you have here, you have furnishing. See, you have an entrance point. One, two, three, four, five, six. And I would add this veil here. Jesus, uh, the veil of his flesh was torn for us. So you have what? Seven. And I think the the fact that this is opened up at this point points us to God's justice and holiness, and yet his love for us that he fulfilled the requirements in approaching God, now we can approach God boldly through the blood of Jesus, through a new and living way, which he inaugurated through the veil of his flesh.
0: You've been listening to the Walk in Truth weekend program. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth.
1: Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from Scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text Step Closer as one word to 33222, Again, that's step closer as one word to thirty three two two two. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So, once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer, and you can text step closer as one word to thirty three two two two.
0: Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app now. Back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walking Tree.
1: Within the chest um, that they, uh, they had here, I think my pointer's gone. They had the Ten Commandments within that chest at some point in their history, but the mercy seat covers it. Now, if you look at what you have here, you have furnishing. See, you have an entrance point, one, two, three, four, five, six. And I would add this veil here. Jesus, uh, the veil of his flesh was torn for us. So you have what? Seven. And I think the, the fact that this is opened up at this point points us to God's justice and holiness. And yet his love for us that he fulfilled the requirements in approaching God. Now we can approach God boldly through the blood of Jesus, through a new and living way, which he inaugurated through the veil of his flesh. You can read Hebrews 10, starting in about verse 19. Now, because of Jesus and because of the, the finished work of Christ, even though God is holy, he's made a way through his son. I'm forgiven. I'm a co-heir um, with Jesus Christ. In fact, he says, we're even going to have a chance to sit on his throne one day. And so this incredible picture of the mercy of God making us acceptable. Why at this point do you think in your Bible we have now this tabernacle shown up in heaven? When Moses made the tabernacle, by the way, in Exodus, uh, about verses 20, chapter 25 through chapter 30, God says, I want you to make it exactly according to the model that I gave you. Uh, and it would appear that Moses was given a picture of, um, in some way by God, as to exactly how he should construct that tabernacle. That tabernacle, according to the writer of Hebrews, is a shadow or a copy of what's in heaven. And so what we see in the tabernacle and later in the temple is a picture of the throne of God. The something like this is in heaven. But now we approach God boldly. We have access into the holy of holies, into the very presence of God. In fact, we will see the face of God because of Jesus. Amen. And the seven angels, 15, six of Revelation. These are likely the same seven angels that we see in chapter eight with the trumpets who had the seven plagues or bowls came out of the temple, out of this place we've just described. They were clothed in linen, clean and bright, Girded around their breasts were golden girdles. They, they have golden bands that depict probably that they come from Jesus, connected to his holiness and the uh, the ministry that goes on in heaven. And one of the four living creatures, verse 7, gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls, full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. The four living creatures right around the throne then give the, the bowls... They're filled with the wrath of God. The The uh, bowl here is phialis in Greek. It's a shallow bowl, um, a shallow bowl, and it is wide at the top, and it can be qu- poured out quickly. So the bowls will come quick. It's going to be bam, 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 uh, rapidly. And the temple that speaks of the, the inner court or the sanctuary was filled with smoke from the glory of God. Imagine, you know, picture the, the tabernacle of old and the Shekinah glory coming down. And from his power, and no one was able to enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were finished. Now we see this twice as we are winding down. When the cloud covered the tent in Exodus 40, Moses could not go into the tent of meeting, Exodus forty thirty five, And when Solomon dedicated the temple, the glory cloud came down on the house and the priest could not go in and minister. Why do you think the smoke fills the tabernacle at this point? And why can nobody go in until this is finished? Here's why I think this is. Because I don't think there's any more intercession that's going to go on. You're going to see in Revelation 16 next week, and this is a tough chapter. But when people get the the bowls poured out on them, they're going to blaspheme God and they will not repent. And it would seem that there's no more intercession. It's, It's over. Isaiah 6 says, The foundations of the thresholds trembled at the voice of him who called out of the temple while the temple was filling with smoke. Isaiah 6, 4 and 5, And I said, Woe is me, I am ruined, I am unclean. I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the Lord the King. And so the stage is set. The temple is filled with smoke. The glory of God, verse 8, from his power and no one is able to enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were finished. It's as if God is saying, let me alone while I finish up business. Don't come in here right now because the, the wrath has been swirling in the crystal sea and it's going to come out now. And I'm going to finish my work of judgment. And I'm going I'm to deal with those who have hurt you and persecuted and shed the blood of my people. And I'm going to create new heavens and a new earth where righteousness dwells. Look, before you can have restoration, there has to be wrath. You can't have new heavens and a new earth where everything's going to be glorious again unless the stuff that's bad and evil gets swept out. You can't have a new beginning without a flood. And you can't have new heavens and new earth without the wrath of God and God is going to bring his wrath and then he's going to start over and we are going to inherit new heavens and a new earth that have been cleansed by indeed the fire of God. That's the future of the people of God. I'm glad I'm standing on the crystal sea with a harp instead of on the other side of this equation. And I would just say This is part of our motivation to preach the gospel because our God is holy and our God is a consuming fire. But our God is so loving that he came into the world to save us. And that is the story of scripture. And the book of Revelation will end with the words, come Lord Jesus, right? Come and make right what's wrong because there's a lot of stuff wrong but he's going to make it right. Father, we thank you so much for your word. This is, again, a heavy chapter. But it is true, and it's what you've written for our instruction. And we're grateful that a day of justice is coming. But we're also grateful that you put it off. I'm grateful that you put it off until the late 80s when I became a Christian. And I'm sure some who are sitting here are grateful that you've put it off until even this year because some are brand new Christians. Some have been become Christians in the last year or two or five. Some of us have been a little longer, but all of us are grateful, Lord, that you let us be born and, and come to know you. And now we are co-heirs with Jesus Christ. And it's not yet been fully realized what we shall be. But we know when he appears, we will be like him. For we will see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. keep your head and heart bowed, and just whatever business you need to do with the Lord right now, whatever you need to lay down before His feet, whatever pride you may struggle with, or whatever besetting sins have gotten the best of you, just lay them down. They're not worth it. He's worth everything. He's so quick to cleanse and forgive and move us forward. And if you're not a Christian, I would just encourage you, just make sure you know him. Be on the right side of this (laughs) equation. And you, you may say, well, Pastor, I'm not even sure we're in the last days. It doesn't matter because you don't even know if you have tomorrow. So just come to know him today. Come to know him because of his grace and love but also come to know him because of his holiness.
0: You've been listening to Pastor Michael Lance on Walk in Truth. This has been part three of his teaching in Revelation chapter 15, called Righteous and True. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. But first, I'd like to remind you that we'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, have a prayer need, or you'd simply like to reach out to Pastor Michael, you could email us at the email address contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. Our mailing address is Walkin Truth, PO. box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's Walkin Truth, PO. box 2063, Corona California 92878. Now, here's Pastor Michael.
1: One of the great brothers in our congregation with a great big pastoral heart is a man named Paul Hicks. He's been writing daily devotionals for a couple of years now, Uh, every single day ministering to hundreds of people. I'm personally blessed by these devotionals. And you have an opportunity as a family member of Walk in Truth, as a partner of Walk in Truth, to subscribe to these devotionals and receive them every day. To help you get a step closer in your walk with the Lord. To subscribe and receive these short devotionals to help you get a step closer in your walk with the Lord, diving into the Bible, having a built in devotion that you can just access on your phone, simply text the words Step Closer to 33222. Now that's all one word. Again, it's Step Closer, and you text 33222. Step Closer as One Word, thirty-three, two, two, two. Thanks for joining us in this walk, for accessing the devotional. I know that all of us are busy, and it's just great to have quick access to the Word of God, get a little short teaching to start your day. I would encourage you, especially if you haven't been in your Bible regularly, this is a great way to get started, and it's right there accessible for you. Now, remember, friend, you're always invited to come to church at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, where I have the honor and privilege of serving as senior pastor. Come on out. Check it out today. 9 and eleven fifteen a.m. are the services. There's a kids ministry, youth group. You can find out all the information and directions when you download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. Make sure you look for the red logo with the pillars, or you can go to the website, walkintruth.com and click on the Visit tab. The church is at 1009 Arsenal Way in Corona, right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. Come on out this morning. I'd love to talk to you in the courtyard, get to know you a little bit better, give you a handshake or a hug. And remember, there's donuts and coffee too, and you can get filled up physically and spiritually. I know you'll enjoy it. Be
0: sure to come back on Monday to hear part one of Pastor Michael's teaching in Revelation 16 called Pouring Out the Bowls. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. It's our goal to reach out with God's truth to all people.